Good morning and happy Sabbath. I'm so glad that you've chosen to worship with us this morning. And if this is your first time here, we're grateful that you're here and glad that you've chosen to, to worship with us. This morning, Pastor Alex will be preaching his first sermon here at the Marietta SDA Church. And while we wish that we could do it live, this we'll just have to do. I know that you'll be blessed and encouraged through his message. Hey, thank you so much for your continued support of the ministry of our church and your generous giving. If you'd like to continue supporting, there are three ways that you can give. You can give on our website, MariettaAdventist.org, and click on Give. You can download the Adventist Giving app on your phone or your tablet, or, or you can uh, do it in whatever device you have. Or you can simply mail in a check to the church. I know that you'll be blessed today as you listen to Pastor Alex. Be honest. How often do you wash your hands? About how many times a day do you wash your hands? And is it enough? Take the next 30 seconds and answer here in the comment, in the comment section. It is said that globally, four out of five people do not wash their hands when leaving a restroom. I myself have been guilty of it in the past. Don't worry, I always wash my hands now, so you're safe to give me a handshake whenever you see me around. But think about this, in the entire world, four out of five people do not wash their hands after using the restroom. Talk about spreading germs. Every year, millions of people die for completely preventable causes. Over six million kids and teens die in, died in 2018, and most of them were from preventable causes. Five million of them were before the age of five, and almost half of those were before the first month of life. The World Health Organization says that most of these deaths could have been prevented by simply washing your hands. But you see, maybe in maybe many places they don't have clean water or soap to be able to do so. They don't have the resources to do so. I remember one time I was in a group with a group in Puerto Rico. Um, it was a group of friends, and it was a beautiful day outside, and we were just playing with a baseball, tossing it around um, right next to the beach. The wind was blowing softly on our faces. The temperature was around, around 80 degrees. There were some clouds to cover us from the direct hit of the sun. 
the smell of salt and sand from the sea. After a couple of hours of laughter and running around, we were exhausted. We all sat in the ground, and as I lean back and place my hands behind me for support, I feel something slimy in my hand. When I look, I had completely squished a slug in my hand. The feeling was so disturbing to me. It looked so disgusting. All I wanted to do was to run to the nearest restroom to wash my hands, but there was no one open nearby. So I had to clean my hands as best as I could with whatever I found and continue my day until I was able to actually find a restroom. Can you share with us in the next 30 seconds a time when you felt the need to wash your hands and could not do it immediately? In Mark chapter 5, verses 25 to 34, we see the story of a woman that needed cleansing. It says, A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately, the bleeding stopped, and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of the terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, Look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. This woman realized she needed cleansing and was desperately looking for a place to, where to get clean. The scripture says she spent a lot of money and time finding how to fix her condition with no luck. Nothing she, tr she tried worked. She was tired. She was anxious. She was desperate. She heard of this man that was able to heal any sickness, a man that was able to clean any stains. She pushed her way through the crowd and she tried touching this man. And at the moment she reaches out, she's only able to touch a part of his garment, his robe. Yet somehow it was enough. The instant she touched his garments, she was instantly healed. There were thousands of people surrounding Jesus and touching him and pressing against him and his garments and, and no power came out. But yet, because this woman was conscious of her state, her need to be cleansed, when she touched the garments, power came out from him and healed her. 
You see, Jesus is the cornerstone of our faith. In Him, all things were created. And the one with power to create everything out of nothing has the power to clean the most difficult of things. That is why He is the center of our worship. That is why He is the cornerstone of our faith. is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest prey, but wholly trust in
James chapter 4 verse 8 says, Come near to God and He will come near to you. Wash your hands, sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. This is an invitation. If you come near to God, He will not run away from you. He will draw close to you. After the woman with the blood flow touched Jesus, his garments, he, he searched for her. He asked for her. He drew near to her. And once she was close enough to touch Jesus, she was cleansed. In 1881, a man named James Garfield was elected president of the United States. This was about 16 years after the death of President Abraham Lincoln, and yet the presidents did not have any security or bodyguards because they believed that given that the Civil War was over, they did not need it. Garfield was boarding a train when a man who had previously helped him in his campaign shoots him from the back twice. Garfield was in the company of his Secretary of State, his two kids, and the first son of Abraham Lincoln, who had also witnessed the shooting of his father. Garfield collapsed to the ground, and his family calls for the most prominent doctor of the time. One of the doctors who had treated President Lincoln during his shooting with no success. His name was Dr. Dr. Bliss. Yes, I did not stutter. His first name was Dr. So Dr. Dr. Bliss took President Garfield back to the White House to treat him. His health began to decline and Dr. Bliss and the rest of the medical team there continued for weeks to try to, make it, to take the bullet out of his body that was still inside. When they had no luck, they called Alexander Bell, the inventor of the phone, and he invented the metal detector to try to use it and locate, it, locate the bullet Yet they had no luck. The president was laying in a bed with metal springs. So the metal detector did not work. Two months after the shooting of President James Garfield, he passed away. Just six months after his election, after his death, it was declared that the wounds inflicted by the gun were not fatal wounds that, and that most likely, if they were left alone with no treatment, he would have survived. You see, Dr. Bliss and, and the doctors of, of the time, the medical team, did not believe that cleaning their instruments and washing their hands was important. And they continuously inserted their, their dirty fingers into Garfield's body, in, into Garfield's wounds, without washing their hands, trying to find for the bullet. Because of this, he developed an infection that cost him his life. When the shooter, when the shooter was arrested and put on death row, one of his last words were, I shot the president, but his doctors killed him. We all have access to soap and clean water, yet sometimes we choose not to wash our hands. It is our choice. No one can force you to. And one day, the enemy came searching to steal and destroy and, and, and took a shot at you. He created a wound in you. But I have good news, friends. There is cleansing water available, available for, for all of us, available to all. The stains left by the wounds it's impossible to get rid of. Not even the most expensive products will do. That is why the, the one whom in whom everything was created had to come to share the most powerful cleansing product that there is ever known to the universe, his blood. 
And no matter how big our, wounds, our wound is, how deep it goes, how, in, how infected it might be, His blood is the perfect healing agent that could save you. The enemy shot you, but you have the choice to continue to infect your own life with things that you know are harming you slowly, day by day, or come to Jesus every day and wash your hands, clean your hearts, purify your hearts with the blood of Jesus. As James 4, 8 says, come near to God, wash your hands, purify your hearts, and if you come close to Him, he will not run away. He will draw near to you and make you new. I have two older brothers. One of them is 10 years older than me. The other one is 8 years older than me. They're a lot older than me. Um, the middle one is called Isaac. We all grew up in a church as my parents were pastors of an evangelical church. But because of some family pain and issues and, and, and things that happened with my family, um, my two brothers became skeptical about religion, skeptical about God, hateful towards the church, and they just left. One day, my brother did not feel well, and he went to the doctor, and they found a tumor in his brain. It happened fast, but now he was in a vegetable state, in a bed, unresponsive. My mother and I prayed for him. And I asked God, I remember asking God, allow him one more chance, just one more chance to get close to you. But the doctors did not give, give us any good news. My brother was not gonna wake up. He was not getting better. And they told us he was probably not gonna live for too long. But this defying science and the diagnosis of the doctors, my brother did wake up. He got up. He started to, to have a fast recovery. And as soon as he recovered, he was a completely different person. He had drawn close to God and asked God to wash him in his blood. And here he was standing before us with no more sickness, full of strength, full of love. Today my brother has a beautiful family and he's a deacon and a leader at the Adventist Church of Titusville in Florida. He has a great job and he's more than happy. He's more than content. He's joyful and blessed and all because of the blood of Jesus. I have seen it with my own, own eyes. I have experienced it myself. It doesn't matter how big your wounds are. It does not matter how disgusted you feel about yourself. It does not matter how others see you or, how, or what they say about you. Jesus loves you. And He loves you so much that when He realized that this blood was the only way to make you whole again, He gave His life without any regrets, knowing that it was worth it. It was worth it because you are worth it. The blood of Jesus has power. The blood of Jesus can heal. The blood of Jesus can restore. The blood of Jesus can wash away all sin. 
my question for you today is how often do you wash your hands in his precious blood the 